Everybody, 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 drop your stop, 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 Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross. I'm Ekin Sue. And we are back talking about the final week of the Traders UK week four here. We have a winner and we got a lot of losers. And we're going to talk about it all. Episodes 11 to 13 by my count. How do we feel, Ekin? I think Harry had already won the game by the time we got to the last three episodes. So Mm -hmm. it did take a little bit of the wind out of the sails of the suspense of it all. Mm -hmm. But all in all, a really fun season. Sure. I agree. Yeah. Of course, it's great to have the Traders UK back. But I was certainly hoping for another outcome. It's crazy because the majority of trader seasons internationally have been won by traders. And obviously, they have the upper hand in the game. But I really thought as we were going into the final episode, they could possibly pull it out. And it's so fun to watch the Faithfuls win, even if like they don't necessarily deserve it. But when you think back to UK season one, watching... Meryl and Hannah and Aaron when it was so like emotional and this I feel like was a sad ending you know it didn't feel that sad to me compared to some of the international endings that have happened recently like the Canada ending was very mm-hmm. dark-sided and sad yeah um, and then the Australia ending well it was like was it was special. exciting because it was unprecedented yeah. but it also was like you know, very dark-sided because, (laughs) spoiler, no one won anything. (laughs) Yeah. So I didn't think this was... I I think it's, like, tough when the trader wins to make it seem happy, but I think, like, the energy was, like, just enough. Like, Claudia helped. uh, Harry, Mm -hmm. you know, did his I'm the best trader ever thing and made a little joke about Molly, and I think it... I didn't think it was too sad. Okay, yeah. They did the best they could with it. I did feel like Claudia was acting a little bit. Well, Claudia's been acting ever since Diane went home that she (laughs) gave a fuck. Because that was the only thing she ever cared about. Yeah, true, true, true. Do we have to check in with any of the news, Kevin? Wondered if you had any reporting to do. Well, there there have been some headlines. One of which being some LGBT news. The Traders viewers brand Evie a queer icon after she revealed she has a missus before sharing a loved-up snap with wife Kaylee ahead of the final, (laughs) reports the Daily Mail UK. I gotta see the snap. Wow. Stunning. (laughs) Another person that looks exactly like Evie. Literally, (laughs) it could be Charlie. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know if you've been following along, but the internet has branded Evie a queer icon. She revealed she revealed that she and her wife wanted to move to a bigger place with the money if she won, and that she wanted to rescue a dog and expand her garden, and then shared a photo of 
of Kaylee, her partner. Um, and then some of the comments that the Daily Mail pulled for this article say, the way you became a queer icon in the last two minutes of the penultimate episode, while another fan wrote, oh my God, this has changed the game. I want Evie to win. <laughs> you're, you're a bloody legend. I've watched, I love watching you grow throughout this series. I hope you and your dogs and lovely misses get the garden you hope for. I was fully team traders, but I hope you win now. Do it for the gays. well now she has the same apartment no garden no dog broke as hell she ends up in a gay icon though and nothing for charlie that's true you know what you can't buy gay icon status there also have been you know a lot of articles speculating about the molly and harry dynamic since the show Mm. ended apparently people noticed that they weren't following each other on Mm. instagram i noticed that yeah so a lot of rumors that they were not doing well came out apparently at an after party they weren't seen together molly was seen partying separately with jasmine and Zach and some others, whereas Harry was partying with Paul and the likes. So people were thinking that they weren't good. But Molly apparently, in doing some, went on a a TV show or a radio show, and she said that they, that it's just a game and that they're actually fine. And that when Harry won, he apparently has promised to take Molly on a vacation. But with their partners, because remember, ah, yeah. Molly does have a boyfriend, and Harry has a famous girlfriend, apparently. A famously cheating girlfriend. Yes, Anna Maynard. And actually, in one of the Daily Mail articles I was reading about her, it said that she has a famous family. Like, it said Harry's famous girlfriend and her famous family. So, I I gotta do more research on who exactly this Maynard person is maybe they're the owners of the maynard candy company wine gums they invented wine gums uh they're not as famous as a certain other family related to the traders and that's diane's family that's true there also has been some backlash towards harry because it's funny because when we recorded our last episode harry was like king it was like jazz and harry were the kings of the uk (laughs) and um, now Harry's getting a little bit of backlash and now that he's won because I guess on the show he said he made a comment about like wanting to help support his family if he won the money mm-hmm. and then people started pulling up photos of him on Instagram <laughs> coming out of private jets uh-huh. and living this Outfit lavish lifestyle yeah, yeah with this famous girlfriend and so I saw another article about the backlash that he's been getting It says, the champion who declared he was the best trader ever has sparked fury from fans for saying he never needed the money after acting like he couldn't afford a Toby Carvey with the family. What is a Toby Carvey? (laughs) I was hoping you would just know. Hang on, a a Toby Carvery? Yeah. Is there an R? Yeah, it's a Carvery, Carvery. Okay, that's literally a buffet meal at a pub. (laughs) So no wonder people are mad. (laughs) It says, 
<laughs> on the show, Harry told the other contestants he would really like to win the money to be able to take his family out and be able to pick up the bill at the end without worry. And while the sentiment was there, fans questioned why the trader is trying to appeal to working class when he flaunts his lavish lifestyle on Instagram. It's very uh, Victoria Beckham. <laughs> mm. Sitting at the dining table, suited and booted, looking dapper as ever, Harry told the team, my happiness comes from seeing my family, like my brothers and sisters. Mine is like a madhouse because there are 11 or 12 of us. So when we go out for a family meal, it's not just us going out. You'll hear us going out. But it would be the best thing to go home that Saturday and be like, let's all go out. But at the end, no one has to worry about paying. Just being able to go up and pay the bill firstly would be amazing. And then it just sets me up for the next chapter in life. I'm not saying I'm looking at getting out of the army, but I am sort of tired of traveling all the time, yada, yada, yada. Then it goes on about him in the army. And then it has some tweets here. Not Harry saying, I never needed the money, and the rest listening. Harry's lack of sob story is so funny. Bro just said he never needed money. How many meals out does Harry want to go on? I hope someone wins who actually needs the money. Well, (laughs) sorry, Evie. You're not going to get your garden. And she's not going for a carvery. That's for damn sure. Is there any news about what's next for Ross and Diane? I haven't seen much news about what's next for Ross and Diane, but Diane has been staying in the headlines. <laughs> it's it's weird. Like, I saw a Daily Mail article about how she buried her grandfather's partner's ashes in his grave. So <laughs> it's basically like just a random story about something Diane said once where her grandfather died and then they didn't realize till years later that his partner wanted to be buried with him so they she dug up his grave and put his partner's ashes in the grave that is so Diane that's the only thing I've found about Diane lately only Diane would show up at a cemetery with a shovel in hand (laughs) okay all right well thank you for the news update very important Let's get into the episodes with episode 11 because we have where we left off was that Ross was recruited and that Harry's going to do this trick with the shield where uh, Claudia was very impressed. Loved that trick with the shield, she said. And uh, so what he did was recruit Ross. So there's obviously no murder, but he's going to pull out the shield that only what, like six or seven of them know about. And he's going to pretend that he was, there was an attempted murder on him to make him look like more of a faithful. And I was like, this isn't going to work. I was like, this is dumb. This, obviously they're going to figure this out. And you know who figured it out? Nobody. No, I thought that as well, because it's like, if he doesn't get murdered this time, fine but then shouldn't the traitors murder him on the next round? So when they didn't murder him on the next round, that's when they should have said, Harry, are you a traitor? Harry, what happened? Yeah. It's actually so frustrating to watch. It, like, this is the thing. This is why I say that it was kind of like a sad ending was that there were so many opportunities throughout where people were on to Harry and like Jazz has always been on to Harry and even Molly has had her moments of suspicion and Evie sort of like raises, somebody kind of raises the uh, opportunity, like the, the potential scenario that actually happened of like, well, wait a second, couldn't, you know, if he was a traitor and he had a shield, then like, he could have done some trickery here, uh, but nobody really like follows up on that. So that was really frustrating to watch, I thought. 
Yeah, it's just too late. So when someone does bring up something about Harry, they've they're already convinced that he's faithful and there's not enough time like mm-hmm. they need to boldly go after him in order to get him out and no one's willing to do that and also the ones who would be willing to do that know that they would just get banished by the others. So there's really he had won the game already. Yeah. I did love this fight at breakfast between Zach and Jasmine, where Zach is like, I'm only here because I've been so suspicious of Jasmine. So like, she's not going to get rid of me. And Jasmine's like, you're a narcissist. This isn't all about you. (laughs) I really like Jasmine and Zach's dynamic. And I think they would make a cute couple. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get them on... What is a dating show? Not like Love Island, but what's the one where they sit in pods on Netflix? Love is Blind. Love is Blind. Let's put them on there. But they've already seen each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) Not your best idea. (laughs) What if they were both in the pods, but they didn't know it was each other? And they fell in love. What if that's it? What if they don't know it's each other, and then they realize they actually have so much in common that they fall in love and then there's a reveal and they're like, oh my God, it's you. Are they going to disguise their voices? Is this yeah, they like are. The they're going to give singer? them like a scream killer voice disguiser. Imagine if they did the mass Singer costumes on Love is Blind instead of pods. <laughs> I actually would love that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I just think that, yeah, they argue, but they also, I think, like each other. Just my opinion. Yeah, but isn't it? At this same breakfast, doesn't Zach accuse Ross? Yes. Well, suspicion is definitely growing around Ross, which, I like, okay, I'll hand it to Harry here that he did recruit the right person to throw under the bus because, like, there has always been suspicion on Ross. And Ross also has just been, like, monumentally stupid in terms of leading the charge against other faithful. So he is a great person late in the game to recruit if you if you need to throw a traitor under the bus. Yeah, but I think you really skipped over like where we were at last week when everything ended because okay, the whole world, in. well, when we left off, the whole world was like, go Ross, because yes. Ross said, I'm coming for you, Harry. And uh-huh. we all thought that Ross was going to avenge Harry and then cut was going to, to avenge Diane's death. Sorry, avenge Diane's yeah. death and take out Harry. But then cut to like one of the very first scenes of the next episode. It's Zach basically being like, Ross is a traitor. And it's setting Ross up to be taken out in this episode. And it's not yeah. even a bad theory because like Ross has been the most wrong faithful. It's not a it's not completely stupid of Zach to be like, well, let's just take out Ross now because he's been led the charge this whole season and been wrong every time. But yeah, no, totally. But a traitor wouldn't do that as a strategy. A traitor exactly. wouldn't be wrong the whole season. And they're like, oh, and you were protecting Paul. It's like, uh, as we've seen. And then in the next breath, they'll be like, well, the traitors always go after each other. So there's just no consistency in the way that they apply. It really comes down to like, do I like this person or not? Yes, and they're so, when you like someone, it's so easy to, like, ignore the facts that are Mm -hmm. right in front of you, and that's what makes it so frustrating to watch sometimes. It's because someone will lay out a perfect theory of, like, something Harry has done that's suspicious, and then they'll even be like, no, that's good, that's good, thank you for bringing that up. 
I don't believe it, but yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or they'll be like, we'll, we'll, we'll hang on to this for later. And so many people have been afraid to speak up. There's sort of like this culture of fear of like, and it makes sense to some degree. I think I've been saying it makes sense for, say, Jazz to be like, I'm going to sit on this hairy information because there's just not enough people that are going to get on board with it right now. Like, no need to, like, stick my neck out there, especially if I think he's a traitor and then he might murder me or something like that. Um, but they sat on it, like, right up to the very end. But what could Jazz have done? Because I really think Jazz played a perfect game as best as you possibly could because yeah. the only thing he possibly could have done is just, like, like maybe bring it up a little bit more. But when he did mm-hmm. bring it up, they would gaslight him and be like, Jazz, you're crazy. So there's really nothing you can do. He tried planting the seeds in like subtle ways and no one Mm -hmm. was willing to pick it up. So truly like what more could he have done than try to make a final plea at the very end? And he, he unfortunately, if it hadn't been Molly and maybe it had been Evie, there like maybe he could have swayed Evie or Jasmine, but he was never going to sway Molly. Yeah. Although I guess God, but he was so close. not to get she too far ahead. Down. She did yeah. write his name down. <laughs> she did. Okay, let's go to the mission. I really loved this mission where they have to carry cold bags through the forest. And <laughs> hey, here's a trivia question for you. Do you remember the name of the forest? Darek's Dungeon. Close. <laughs> Darek McDormand. I mm, that really Dermic stuck out McDormand. to me. Yeah, Dylan McDormand. A famous trans icon. <laughs> that's like such a that's a reference niche crossover we'll Deja the View reference. <laughs> when Whoopi accidentally called Dylan Mulvaney Dylan McDermott. They arrive and Claudia's like, Welcome to the beautiful forest of Derek McDormand. And it, that really stuck out to me. I was like, wow, what what a that name just rings like a bell. So beautiful. And lo and behold, it would become a trivia question through the challenge. I really love this because it reminded me of like in the early seasons of Survivor where Jeff would tell them a story and then and then based on the story, they'd have to answer uh, trivia questions in the jungle. And yeah. that's something I've always loved. A lot of Claudia's statements have been little clues as to the mission, but they're always very concise and concise. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, and so in this challenge, they split up into pairs and they each of the pairs have to carry around a bag of money and then they have to answer little puzzles or riddles or what trivia questions uh, in order to determine which route they're going to take. And then they'll figure out if the route is correct or not uh, if they land into a trap. The puzzles were really hard. I would have to sit and think about these for hours. They're not unattainably hard, but in the time constraint, I could never. Okay, so I loved this challenge so much. This is probably my favorite challenge of all the challenges, maybe closely followed by the one in the next episode with the with the freaky ritual. But I loved this so much because as it was as I was watching it, I would pause the puzzles and then do the puzzles, which like sure was easy in my living room. And to your point, I may not have been able to do it. There was the only one I couldn't get was the names in the pyramid. I was like, oh, it's for sure Ash. Um, but uh, <laughs> I didn't have enough yeah, time I, to like, look at that and even think like, what is the pattern? Like I had no, it just is too fast. Well, I paused it. So I just like paused each puzzle on the screen and then I played it. Yeah, along. but you can't pause and, the mission. Wow. Imagine my surprise when I found out that there's a moon in the middle of the round table. 
That was shocking. That was a shocker. I was like, there's no way there's a crescent moon in the middle of the table. It's totally I would a star. That. I would I would have noticed that and it like is to, it's like asymmetrical. And now it's like I then I went and watched like US this past week and I was like, wow, there's the moon. Look at the moon. Um so yeah, that was a really, really fun challenge. And <laughs> what about <laughs> did you like any of the traps? Like the tar pit. Well, I really like the nets that pulled them up into yeah. the air, but I thought that the way that we saw the tar pit first, and then, which was like not the most exciting one, and then we saw the cool net that yanks them up into the air, but then when Molly got trapped and it was just like someone just threw a net over top of her, it was like, <laughs> oh, maybe you should have started with that one and like built yeah. to the exciting ones. Yeah, and they were like a little repetitive because then it's like tar pit comes back at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I did really like those. It would have been fun to have like a bear trap where somebody's leg gets <laughs> mangled. <laughs> They're just like, pause, lie down, and then yeah. someone like puts a pretend trap on yeah. their leg and they're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I love that moment, that first tar pit moment with Harry where Molly couldn't stop laughing. That was the first moment that I was like, oh, maybe I really do like Molly. Yeah, it took a really long time, though, for her to, like, get <laughs> interesting scream time. So yeah. it took a long time. I, like, I, I wrap, honestly, I wrap Molly up with the Evie and the Charlie of the season where I was like, oh, it's three young blonde girls that kind of have indistinguishable personalities. Yeah. And so it wasn't really until this last stretch that she emerged as a star. I'd like to see Molly come back and do an All-Stars, but now having learned everything she's learned, like become a badass, that would be really Mm. fun. She was like, I thought really, by the time of the final round table, like when she was walking in in that outfit, I was like, actually, Molly's iconic. Yeah. Well, I did want to talk about their outfits at the final round table later. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. Let's put a bookmark in that. Um, and then we have this like idiotic moment where, who was it, Zach or Ross? Somebody got trapped in the net was with Zach. the gold bag. It's it was like, Zach. What? Why would you do that? I know. And I was kind of confused as to why Jazz was still co- still competing. Um, but then only yeah. then I realized it was to get the shield which he did not but get. But see, that's, so. isn't that kind of like a b- bit of a gray area in the rules? Because the whole point was you had to gamble the gold. So you, you can still play the shield challenge even if you don't have gold to gamble? Well, I don't know. Did the producers anticipate that someone was going <laughs> to run so into a dumb. trap with the money? <laughs> yeah. True, true. At that point, they were like, you know what? Let We need the we need some footage here to work with. They were probably with, like, so just, just, just go, go get the shield. Go get the shield. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I really loved this challenge, and uh, they did only bank what one bag of gold from Andrew. Andrew was the only one to get the money, and then Claudia revealed to everyone that nobody got the shield, which mm-hmm. I didn't really think that that was the right move. I thought that was no. like kind of not fair because it gives the three traders an advantage. Now it should have totally. just been like we don't know if anyone got the shield. There's three traders. Like, it's too much of an advantage already. So I didn't think that was the right thing to do. Yeah, that's also the, the like, that really sucks because with this challenge, it feels like this is the best challenge to keep the, sec- the shield a secret because you really truly get it on your own. But I also wonder whether because of the traps, like the trap at that shield was mud. So they'd be like, well, because it was jazz, right? Who went for it? 
it was it would be like jazz why you covered in mud if you didn't get a shield yeah maybe there would be maybe it would reveal itself anyway but I, yeah. I, I can't, I can't think like that. Still, That's Claudia like shouldn't me. be. Claudia shouldn't be interfering. But I guess this is kind of the trade-off because the whole thing I love about Claudia is how involved she, like how much she inserts herself into the game when she has no business doing so. And so here she was just like, and I feel like she wasn't even thinking. She was like, and nobody got the shield. Sorry. No, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was Oops. in the script. But I, Oops. yeah, I prefer to think of it that way as well. <laughs> yeah. I also noticed when they came back that Harry, and I remember this from the previous mission too, Harry was like, well, I'm going to go to the shower now. Yeah. But they don't live there. So I know, it's very but funny that they're using the facilities like that. I, I know. I do wonder, like, are they using the shower there? I think they are. Well, yeah. I don't think they're going to drive it's them not back. Yeah. I mean, there should, there, there are such a thing as a shower trailer. Oh. They're very unpleasant. Because if I was the owner of the castle, I'd be like, don't get mud down my already sensitive pipes. I don't, these pipes haven't been replaced since the Middle Ages. Exactly. That's So that stuck out to me. And I think it was Charlotte that wanted to shower last week. And I was like, are you really sh- going upstairs to shower? Or are you going to get in the van to drive somewhere else to shower? And did you bring your toiletries? I have a lot of questions about how this all works because... Then you always see them in their same outfits as the, you see them in their breakfast outfits at night for the round table, but in the in between time they put on their mission outfits. So like, do they have all like this? Do they have their like temporary little spaces at the castle? And at that do point, they have just a let cubby. them sleep at the castle. They have a cubby. Yeah, they do have a cubby probably. <laughs> they have a cubby and probably like an outdoor shower. <laughs> like the outhouse of showers, a camping shower. Yeah, like um, there are shower trailers that you could rent. So maybe they just have a whole trailer set up. We need a behind the scenes documentary. Well, either we need a behind the scenes documentary or we needed them. We need to go back in time and they never tell us that they don't actually live in the castle because I was fine to uh-huh. live in the world where I believe they live in the castle. I don't know why they're, they're still like pretending. No, in the UK. They're still they pretending very... in the US. They're still pretending in the US. That oh, they in the US. The yeah, and they like go upstairs and they're like, time to go to my room. And then you have like John in like episode one, like walking by and they're like, uh, John, bedrooms are upstairs. You have a uh, Larsa flipping through a book. <laughs> Did you see down. that tweet? <laughs> it's like her. The one that's like, bitch, she's not reading. Yeah, because she's like pretending to read the book. But then when she turns the page, she turns like 12 pages. She's once. skimming. She's skimming. <laughs> She's a really fast reader. Yeah. She just wants to get the gist. So ahead of this round table, we have them really setting up that it's Zach versus Jasmine. Uh, but the big event here is that Ross talks to Andrew and Ross is starting to get like a little bit nervous. And Andrew's like, I don't know. We got to be careful about Harry. He's being elusive. He's the elusive chanteuse of the manor. And Ross is like, this is it. I got I got him right where I want him. And then Ross goes into the kitchen. The kitchen, which like, the door is always open to the kitchen. I don't even know if there's a door on the kitchen. And Ross is like, so Harry, about the murder tonight? <laughs> and Harry's like, can you not talk about this right now? Yeah, that was funny. But see, this is the thing with Andrew. It's like, the, I don't think he realized like, this is the moment to get Harry. Mm-hmm. 
It's mm-hmm. now or never. I don't think he was aware of that because he brought up Harry to Molly and Zach. They completely dismissed it. But like it was smart of him to pull Ross aside. But it's like not enough of a plan. Like he can't just vaguely say to Ross like something about Harry. Like you need to have a a plan of action and Mm -hmm. sure if you're going to try to pull ross in then like convince ross that this is the best move to make and make a plan of how you're going to do it at the round table and who you're going to try to convince and if you go down you go down but you're not going to win if you don't do it in this round table right now yeah you're 100 percent right but i think andrew really didn't know which way to go because he had sort of and and like credit to harry harry had like really ingratiated himself with Andrew and built up trust with Andrew to the point where I think Andrew was never going to be ready to cut Harry until the very end. And so you had Ross come in here, who, by the way, I think made a terrible faithful and made a maybe worse traitor, given the way he was acting as a traitor in the house um, and at the round table. But so it's like, does he real? Does Andrew really want to like throw everything away that he feels he's built with Harry for this unknown entity in Roz? Totally. I guess I'm just saying it's frustrating to see that Andrew is thinking strategically and that he knows that it's time to make a move on Harry, but that he doesn't realize that we're beyond planting seeds. Mm-hmm. There's he's it's, not following through. Yeah. He's got a good idea, but he can't follow through on it. Exactly. So what happens at the round table here? Basically what happens is Zach like fully executes Harry's plan for him because Harry manipulated Zach with his whole shield thing. He only told Zach and I forget who else at this point, Molly, someone else that he had the shield. So Zach with this information that Harry strategically gave to him basically targets ross yeah it's very genius of harry this whole shield trick whatever but i thought what was even more genius that i didn't see anybody talking about was jasmine's sort of like counter theory which was that and of course like this didn't happen but i actually think it's a really great piece of strategy that i want someone to use in the future where jasmine says like hang on because it's just I think Ross, Jasmine, and Evie who didn't know about the shield. And so the heat is really on Jasmine and Ross right now. And Jasmine's like, wait a second, but what if somebody who knew that Harry had the shield, and she's not going all the way to say maybe Harry had the shield, but she's saying somebody who knew Harry had the shield tried to marry murder Harry so it looks like one of us tried to murder Harry. And that's like, if somebody did that in the future, that's actually genius. Yeah, Jasmine randomly figured it out, but sadly it didn't matter. Well, she she got like from point A to point B, but she didn't follow it through to point C of like, well, Harry could have done it to himself or like, but like, or or there was no murder because Harry had the shield and he actually recruited. Like she didn't go yeah. that far. But the idea is really interesting to say that like, it, like, for example, like could have been Zach. Like Zach knew that Harry had the shield. Zach, is, Zach could have been a traitor. Let's say in this scenario, Harry's not a traitor. And Zach takes the shot at Harry knowing it's going to fail so that it puts suspicion on, I'm repeating myself, but on Ross, Evie, and Jasmine. It's so smart. I was very impressed by Jasmine here. Yeah, Jasmine was so off the whole game. And then like right at the very end, she, <laughs> yeah. things were starting to click for her. And then it was too late. They were just like, no, you're a traitor. Bye. She flipped a switch. 
There's a big fight between Ross, Andrew, and Harry, which again should be because Ross brings up this whole, or I think it's a Harry actually brings up the comment that Ross says that Andrew said he was elusive. And I thought that, I thought maybe this was a misstep on Harry's part because like, again, as people have said, we've seen the traitors go at each other so much at the round table and here's Harry instigating this fight, but like just just like how fucking everything Harry touches turns to gold, uh, this worked out so perfectly for him because it just sent Ross and Andrew at each other about like whether Andrew actually said this or not. And if he didn't, then why would Ross say it? Yeah, and that was the beginning of Andrew's downfall, really, because of his reaction to those comments and how upset he got was what made mm-hmm. everyone look at him differently. Yeah, he should have just been like, didn't say it, mate. Bugger off. No, I. <laughs> so... So they vote, and it's an overwhelming vote against Ross, and Ross is banished. How did you feel about the way Ross revealed that he was Diane's son? I think he could have done it a little more dramatically. Same, 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 same. But what I liked about this is that Claudia made such a point afterwards of being like, you can talk about the fact that his mom is Diane. (laughs) Like, she's like, don't you guys want to talk about that (laughs) she's literally like can you guys talk about diane more if you talk about diane i'll stay (laughs) yeah they were obviously more that that was a gag to them but they were more fired up about banishing ross and yeah celebrating even though they had no idea that they all they did was execute one of harry's plans exactly and the another point of frustration is that they weren't like Hang on a second. Diane was murdered. Why would Ross do that to his mom? That's or true. Like, or even to say like, oh, that was so cutthroat of him. Like, wow, he was like way more than we anticipated. Yeah, I really want to know in the rules if they're allowed to say that they were recruited or if we can find any examples of where people said I was recruited because They I... have said. They have said. Because I think if... If Ross really wanted to, you know, give that final punch to Harry, he should have said, I was recruited, and maybe it would have made people question a bit more who murdered Diane, but... Uh, Totally agree. I think that there's a couple ways he could have gone about this. He could have, like, said straight up that he was recruited, uh, because you can say, I've been a traitor since day one. Like, you can say that, so why can't you say... You've been a traitor not since day one. Or I started this game as a faithful, but now I'm a traitor. Um, But he also could have said, I never would have murdered my mother, but I am a traitor. Then like give him something to think about. But then again, he could have been saying that in that round table before, like when they're accusing him of being a traitor, he could have said, Oh my God. Yeah. He could have come out with the, yeah. As like a last ditch effort. If he, if he knows he's pretty much going home anyway, you might as well try it. But it's probably not going to totally. work. Totally. But <laughs> that's actually such a good idea to be like, I can't be a traitor. But I was trying to, I was trying to make up but Ross's joke, but I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, it probably wouldn't have worked, but it would have maybe been something to try. Yeah. Okay. So that night at the traitor's turret, Andrew's very upset about the fight with Ross, and he feels like Ross threw him under the bus. Um, And we see them consider murdering Molly, Jazz, and Zach. And of course, it's going to be Zach that's murdered uh, the next morning, or that they will realize has been murdered at the next morning's breakfast. I just wanted to say, like, 
I think Harry does such a good job in the traitor's toilet of controlling the narrative with the traitors and telling them what to do, but saying it in such a passive way that it almost, he almost like tries to make it seem like it was a group decision, even though it's just him saying what they need to do. It's like, Mm. he makes it seem like, oh, we're just having a discussion. And he puts on like a different tone of voice than he does like the rest of the game. Yeah, you're right. And it's like really effective of like getting people to do what he wants them to do. He's doing what I think Dan thinks he's doing in US. Most likely, yes. Like I think Dan thinks he's that level of like, influential where he actually just says stuff and they're like um i don't know i loved this conversation at breakfast about andrew following up on the comments that ross made about saying that harry was elusive and andrew being like i actually thought he played it pretty well where he was like that's not even a word i really use or no i don't know what is that exclusive what does that mean i'd say dodgy (laughs) (laughs) like i'd be if somebody said that i'd be like oh yeah good point yeah i can't hear you saying the word elusive But Molly is really on the case, is really on Andrew's case. It feels like she's really like going balls to the wall with this. Why would Ross go after Andrew this hard unless Andrew is a traitor? Which is like totally fair. Yes. And this, again, it's like the furthering of Molly's icon status for me. Yes. I just, I could tell that the problem with this is like, as an outsider, you can just see where this is going though. Like you can see like, okay, now we're going to, banish andrew or now we're going to be suspicious of andrew that that he's the final traitor and we're not going to consider that there's like infinite number of traitors possibly so i i wasn't even that excited by that because i was like okay so what if you get andrew out like (laughs) you're still not gonna win i know and then it's like cut to the next scene of her talking to harry and her being like harry's the only person i'd feel confident standing next to in the end exactly like i just want to shake her (laughs) Not violently, just, like, lately. Okay, (laughs) let's go over to the mission. It's getting a little weird at the mission. I loved this ritualistic, this, 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 uh, what do they call it? The Traitor's Monument, which looked very impressive to me at first. I was like, wow, they've, like, built this, like, modern Stonehenge of sorts. And then eventually when it opens up, I'm like, oh, it's chocolate. Like, it's made of cardboard. (laughs) I was obsessed <laughs> with the mechanics of this because it it did so many things. Like they, it's it, you put things in it, you took things out of it, you spun it around, it lit up, it, it smoked, it smoked. And what I wanted to know when it finally opened up, like I wanted to know, is this an electronic machine or are there like invisible strings of crew members like pulling it open <laughs> that off camera? with fishing line <laughs> like i'm obsessed it looks electronic to me but it, they, hey they were cutting it close there with the rain well and did you see any cords like the cords were hidden very well yeah they're out sure. in the middle of nowhere like they've got to be running power if that's electronic <laughs> it's not battery yeah. powered so i thought that was very impressive even if the cords were just hidden with moss i thought <laughs> <laughs> i love this thing i do have to say speaking of cords that Back in the bird challenge, I didn't notice this on UK, but I don't think I was like really paying attention. But of course, they just did the bird challenge in the US, which is I know is your favorite challenge. And at the little station where they get the shields, and they, you know, so they do the bird call, and then it's successful. And then there's a like a little, there's like a little door. It's like one of those like, free libraries that you see on the street. It's just like a little door that opens. Oh, yeah. And then there's two shields inside of it. 
but it just opens on its own. But in the U.S. version, you can like the, the, the shot that they use is like cord tied it's like honey i shrunk the kids cord tied up around down it's like being and so there's like somebody off screen just like pulling the cord yeah that's really one thing it. that you can always spot especially in like big brother if if you're not looking for it you'll never see any rigging but if you're looking for it you can pretty much always find something like that and it's really fun to look for i love it well i'll have to i'll have to rewatch the traitor's monument to look for the cords the Peter Pan course. Well, that's the thing. I didn't see any. <laughs> well, I'm going to look closer. Uh, I loved Claudia's outfit here. The yak hair <laughs> like yeah. cloak. Wow. I thought this mission maybe would have been elevated by doing it at night, but I understand totally. that schedules are a thing. <laughs> yeah. And who knows what the weather was like, because it already got dicey in the daytime. Imagine a storm at night. I mean, speaking of storms, the way they had to, like, I don't know if they moved it or if it was planned this way, but the way they had to do the final round table inside with a fire pit, <laughs> like, they had to, tur- they had to like, get special, special permission, probably, to turn off the f- fire alarm system in the castle. Yeah, that was something I had major questions about, like, did they have to purchase extra insurance? Like, <laughs> is the fire CGI? <laughs> like how in a in a castle that is that old to have an open fire like that to get that approved i would imagine would be like very difficult so i want to know what went into that and it's like not only an open fire but it's like flu powder that claudia is throwing into it so the flames go way up high (laughs) it's like chemicals she's throwing into the fire (laughs) did they have to like cut a hole in the ceiling (laughs) like i want to know (laughs) okay but back to this uh traitor's monument challenge i really love this it was like very escape roomy you know it was like go get this clue and then get this clue and then that'll lead to that but i felt like (laughs) It felt like it all was a little bit anticlimactic when it opened up and it was like the sword in the stone situation. And then the swords, the swords that they pull out are from like Dollarama. I liked that yeah. little twist, but there were so many more swords in it than there were people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I didn't quite get that. And like, then, is that more fair or less fair? I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. Yeah. And then like, what a flop for Harry to win the sword oh god that was the worst like that was the worst possible outcome and i guess this is like a callback to the dinner party of season one where maddie was offered like seven pounds 50 pence to leave the game um but they did up the prize they did up the temptation here but correct me if i'm wrong harry didn't have to leave the game to take the money Oh, I was, ho- I, so I, that crossed my mind, but I thought maybe I missed it and I was going to ask you. No, I paid what I thought was very close attention. And I think he just could take it from the prize putt, but stay in the game, which I think I far prefer because then it's like, then you have to face a round table of your peers and they'd be like, you just took money from us. That's true. Yeah. It's just, if it were any of those other people, I would say you got to take that money yeah 100 <laughs> percent. 
but unfortunately do you think anybody would have taken the money is there anybody left in the game that would have taken the money i could see jazz taking the money because i think jazz Mm. really had his finger on the pulse of what was going on and i think jazz probably knew that he wasn't going to win the game even though he Mm. knew who the traitors were and jazz doesn't really care about being liked or not liked no in the very first mission he went after that shield he jumped off the boat remember yeah Remember when they're talking about who to murder and Jazz is, you know, the little cuts of them in their like fake rooms and Jazz is cut, Jazz is like little uh, B-roll is lifting weights. <laughs> yes, I did see that. He was sexy. <laughs> Jazz is hot. Jazz is the trade of the season. Jazz is king. In this mission, Claudia also revealed to everyone that there's not going to be a murder. Mm-hmm. Molly celebrated so much when she heard that. And did you <laughs> notice that she like turned and looked to Harry and was like jumping for joy, trying to like get Harry's eye, expecting him to jump for joy back. But Harry <laughs> just looked worried. Like that yeah. was such a clue. And that was a moment where I was like, Molly, you Molly's danger, got her girl. blinders on. Yeah. It's sad. It's sad. And I would love to know, because Harry says this kind of like screwed up his plans because he, was, he had sort of like plotted out exactly what's going to happen. I would like to know who he would have murdered that night. That's Probably true. Jazz, I would guess. Yeah. So we do get a little confessional pre-round table from Andrew being like, gotta take care of Harry. Gotta take care of Harry before this is all over. And we get Jazz being like, almost brought up my suspicion of Harry, but... I held back this time. It's like, what are you waiting for? We're at the end of the game. I just don't, I just think there's no path for Jazz to win. So he's like, I'm just, I might as well just go to the end and see who's left with me. And if I can tell them at the end that Harry's a traitor, like, I think that's it. I just think he knows he's just going to get banished if he pushes too hard on Harry. So he's like, well, I might as well take my chances and go to the end and get banished. Yeah, I guess so. But like Andrew, this is after Andrew brought up Harry's name to Jazz and Evie. And granted, like, it's just nobody's like willing to like put their whole ass into it because Andrew was like, well, could be Harry. Could yeah, be. Yeah, Andrew just doesn't and have like, like yeah, a... could be, maybe. Andrew doesn't have a plan of action. He, d- he just, yeah. he knows enough to know that he should be going against Harry, but he has no plan or strategy of how to do it. Whereas Harry has already thought 20 steps ahead of everyone. Mm-hmm. So at the round table, it really comes down to Jasmine and Evie, all because of the aftermath of the shield talk and that, you know, they're the last two that didn't know about the shield. And so, and that Jasmine was so close to Ross. And so it's this little like mini mother off between Jasmine and Evie. It's so hard to watch. It's so frustrating because they're like, they're like, this is the logic. We were the only two that didn't know that uh, weren't told about the shield. Therefore, we are the only two who could possibly be traitors. But they're forgetting option number C, which is that Harry, that the traitors didn't try to murder Harry because Harry is a traitor. They're just like exactly. ignoring option C. There's more. Yeah. There's a third option. It's so hard to watch. I loved this part though, where. Evie said that Jasmine was acting shifty and Jasmine was like how am I acting shifty and Evie just goes well you have babe that's not the accent (laughs) that was like an Austin Powers accent but she was like well you have babe it's just so funny (laughs) Um, I also thought Jasmine made a great point here where she was like 
If I was a traitor with Ross, why would I spend so much time with Ross? I'm not an idiot. <laughs> she was like, yeah, actually, great point, Jasmine. But nobody was listening to points at this round table. And Molly brought up the situation with Ross and Andrew, but it was brought up in like such a half-hearted way. It was like, I just still think it's weird, but you know what? I'm ready to go for Jazz, Jasmine and her Evie. Yeah, but... It- and then Molly was like, no, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Anyways, like, he, it doesn't matter. No one's going to listen to yeah. him. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. They're like, no, we do. So, yeah. They're like, no, I forgive you for saying that about Harry. Yeah. But anyways, understand why you had to say it. <laughs> yeah. So Jasmine does get banished here. Uh, Diva down. A queen has left. But we move on very quickly because Claudia is throwing them a dinner party. Uh, we've got a bagpiper in the house. Did you see this video that Meryl posted where she was at 10 Downing Street? And oh. she there was a bagpiper there and she had to guess what songs he was playing. And he was playing like Avicii. No, <laughs> I I would love to see that. It's actually really good. You got you to gotta pay closer attention to Meryl's social media. Isn't it interesting how we talked about Meryl's winner pick last week and she was nearly right? <laughs> yeah, just like on the trader, she was always nearly right (laughs) (laughs) but she knew molly would make it to the end she knew it she did yeah she could tell because i mean and there's been a lot of comparisons between meryl and molly and i saw this great tweet that was like you know everyone calling molly the meryl of the season but only one of them got a check cashed (laughs) and that's queen meryl yeah so at the dinner party this is where we get uh the big reveal that evie has a missus um that was really like the one moment i mean like i don't want to make (laughs) i don't want to like dunk on andrew here too much but like obviously andrew comes out with his story about how he survived like a very terrible car crash uh you know wasn't expected to live even like potentially died on the side of the road for a second um but then he really really bounced back and he wants to be able to like change his line of work not laughing not laughing but he wants to change his line of change his line of work but like the idea it's just like his idea of banishing harry he's just like i'm like what are the details we're gonna fill in here um because he's like i'd like to start a business to help people either physically or mentally um (laughs) and also i'd like to send my son to australia as part of that so i'm like wait wait so what are we spending the money on exactly yeah like Uh, I'll, let's just stick with Evie and her garden. Yeah, yeah. Evie needs to adopt a dog. And you know what? Leashes and dog food get very expensive in these days. Not to mention taking your lesbian partner on dates. <laughs> I did think it was funny that Claudia was like, I'm throwing you a dinner party. And like, remember at the last dinner party, Claudia was like, okay, everybody, who do you trust the least? and yeah. Or the most or whatever. And then you had just Maddie left over. Um Claudia was like, I'm throwing you a dinner party and I'm going to show up late. Claudia showed up after they finished eating wine glass in hand, totally fucked up. Um, Just kidding. But she showed up and she was like, she's like, I don't eat. She was sitting in her room eating chicken nuggets and downing a (laughs) bottle of wine. She was like, I've seen what goes on in that kitchen. I'm not touching that food. And so she showed up and she toasted uh, to the finalists. Evie does say the next morning at the beginning of the finale episode, which, by the way, this finale episode aired in theaters around the UK. Did you see this? No, but I saw that it doubled in the amount of viewers from season one to season two. 
the so finale this is, episode. Well, this is the thing. It got six point something, I think six point nine million viewers, which is almost ten percent of the UK's population. Which to put that into context is like, and this is not counting streaming. So this is only on live television. This is virtually the equivalent of the Survivor Borneo finale, which wow. like remember what uh, you know a wild phenomenon that was so it's like very exciting i wish i was from the uk it's just so they just seem to get it in a way where like (laughs) here if you talk about traders like there's like a a 70 30 percent chance that they're not gonna know what you're talking about and then when you explain it to them they're like okay nerd like people just don't "Mm, maybe i'll check that out if i'm desperate yeah (laughs) maybe i'd watch that if i had uh, no friends (laughs) (laughs) So if only yeah, it's I very could have sad. Been... And like we're so spoiled because this isn't even airing in the US. Like you can't get it legally. It's not on Peacock, etc. I think they're trying to like stagger it out not so as so as to not take the wind out of the sails of Traders US currently airing. That but makes sense. In Canada, we have at our fingertips on Crave every single English version of the Traders available for streaming. The UK goes up, you know just as soon as it's done airing uh, in the UK. Like, we are very spoiled. And I'm like, if I meet somebody who doesn't know what the Traders is, I'm like, you're, you're actually, you're the loser. Mm-hmm. How about that? I just wish I was in the theaters with the people of the UK watching this. Yeah. What there I were so many give. great videos of, like, uh, you know, at watch parties, watching watching Molly's final vote at the watch party, and, like, everybody, like, losing their minds. It seemed electric. So right back to the beginning of this episode, uh, you had Evie talking about how, like, I can't believe I'm about to do my 12th mission because the missions were such a big reason for me coming here. And I'm like, mm, really? Really? <laughs> because I, I'm like, if I didn't have to recap these, I'd probably be skipping a lot of the missions. This one in particular, I know it involved some, like, cool boats, but I wasn't really at that invested in this one (laughs) my main takeaway was how funny it was to see harry puking off the boat and how molly and evie and jazz all had to work so hard to earn harry his money at one point i think andrew was sick too it was like all the faithfuls were just working so hard to run harry his check yeah, totally. And they had so many opportunities to up the up the prize amount here. I feel like they could have and I don't look, I don't like what they do in the US or at least what they did in season 1 where they were like, by the way, you can just win everything back now in the final. Everything you've lost, you could just win it back. We'll just give you the full prize if you complete this mission. Um, but I also think they could have like at least rounded it up to 100,000. <laughs> pounds instead of like having claudia be like you'll win ninety three thousand pounds 150 93 thousand 150 pounds and 60 pence uh it's like can we just just bump it up yeah i've said this before like i disagree i think they should always win the full amount of money i think that's it's ridiculous to to give them 95 or i think in canada because they failed so many missions they had even less <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. If you've budgeted to have a $100,000 prize and you've had these people come out here and work their asses off to film a TV show for you, someone better get $100,000 at the end. Do you remember what they won in Canada? It was like a $20 gift certificate to the brick, a beaver tail. <laughs> 
Let me look at I don't know if we'll find it, but And Anne Murray's greatest hits box collection. So it looks according to this quick Google, it looks like the winner won ninety four thousand five hundred dollars. That's pretty good. But just give a like make I know. Make a a twist that's like figure it out. It is it like it's what's weird about it is that it's so easy with other reality shows to be like Oh, oh, this person won Survivor. They won a million dollars. Oh, this person won Big Brother. They won $500,000 or seven fifty, or whatever it might be. Or they won Drag Race. They won $100,000. It's just like, that is like an aspect of talking about winners of past shows and stuff. And here it's like, um, I just have to look up what Harry won. Oh, right. This random amount of money. Yeah, I don't like it. If you've got it, then write the check. Unless you're not good for it. BBC. <laughs> I do have to agree that this challenge was a little lacking, especially compared to last year's challenge. And I don't know what the magic formula is, but there was just something about the scrambling around rocks. Like, I didn't feel like I could really play along with them in any kind of way. It was just like, oh, I see a yellow tube. Let's go get the yellow tube. They were heaving and owing. (laughs) The best part of this for me was the helicopter ride. I do love to see them on a helicopter ride. And the way, like, I don't know if Jazz was a little scared, but Jazz was, like, holding hands with, like, Molly and Harry during the helicopter ride. And I was like, this is kind of sexy. Okay. And I loved when <laughs> I loved when the helicopter was coming into land and Claudia, like, made eye contact with the camera being like, whoa, whoa, wasn't anticipating all this wind. <laughs> we finally <laughs> saw her forehead for the first time. <laughs> forehead reveal. <laughs> So so they, they do pass the mission. They get all this money. Jazz is concerned uh, pre-round table that Harry's game is a little too perfect. But he's like, but I don't know if I should say so. And it's like, sweetheart, this is it. It's now or never. Uh, but this is a recurring theme here. But it really comes down to Evie on the defense, right? Because they're like, well, we got Ross, got Jasmine. Evie, you're up next. Jazz does bring up at the round table, though, that like Harry's been so instrumental in catching traitors. Uh, He does bring up the conversation, that trail of breadcrumbs that led back to Paul. But again, like he brings it up, but he's like, but I don't know. Like that was the the tone that he said it in was like, yeah, I do have all these suspicions, but I don't know. I think also the problem with this Paul, Harry telling Paul theory is it's not the most compelling like no. thing to listen to like it's not it's it's it's, it's a also hard like one not to explain. a proof argument yeah because it's like somebody could just tell somebody that they said that whether they're a traitor or, or faithful like it's not a smoking gun no but it also shouldn't have been dismissed so many times yes agreed. like this is agreed. the first time it's ever even being said to harry's face and it's so easy for harry to just be like no yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah. sorry. And then it's not till after this round table where Evie goes home back to her missus that Andrew goes up to Jazz and it's like, by the way, you are so right about Harry. <laughs> and it's like, um, red flag, big red flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, we, we needed you like two round tables ago. Like, get out of here. I don't want to hear yeah. that anymore. It's done, Andrew. But thank you for your time. So are we ready to go to the final round table? I just wanted to note this one thing that happened before the final round table. When the final four are just standing around talking in the kitchen. 
there's a moment where Molly looks at Harry and she says, if it's you, I'll be so upset. And then Harry Mm. says, well, if it's you, I'll say you played a really good game. (laughs) And then Molly's (laughs) like, I'll never speak to you again. It's oh, like, yeah. that was a huge clue right there. It's totally. like, he should have been like, I'll be so mad if it's you, Molly. But he's like, well, if it's you, I'll just say you play- you played a really good game and it wasn't your fault. And yeah, he's like, I would rather go into this with good sportsmanship. <laughs> <laughs> Molly was so blinded by Harry. Who hasn't right. been blinded by well. that much hair gel? <laughs> Got to be glue. Um, okay, so at the uh, first roundtable banishment, Jazz votes uh, to banish again because of his concerns uh, that he's been upfront about. It was interesting to see, like, sometimes when they vote to banish again, they're like, they really elaborate, and then other times they don't. And I felt like Jazz played this as best as he could. He was always like, look, like, I'm worried about these people, blah, blah, blah. And Molly's like, I just want to feel secure. It's a give. Now is the time to give a hint about where you're going because numbers mean everything in this moment. Um, and Harry chooses to banish again. So they're all choosing to banish again. And this is where we get Andrew sent home, um, which is kind of uh, a follow up to his argument with Ross at the round table. But what I don't get is why they're not like, wait a second, Harry's implicated in this too. Remember? Remember what the fight was about? We forgot to talk about their outfits before Evie went home. Okay, that was a big oversight on my part. <laughs> Let's talk also, about their outfits. We also forgot to talk about how Claudia did a, a RuPaul's Drag Race style tic-tac lunch with each of them before they went into the table. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's talk about it. What do you have to say? Well, I just thought that was an interesting little touch that she did the RuPaul Tic Tac lunch. And I also thought the outfits for the final round table were as if they each got a completely different prompt. Like Molly was fully <laughs> dressed for the club. Jazz was dressed for yeah. a, a wedding. Evie was dressed for brunch with the misses. And <laughs> Harry was dressed for high school prom. Yeah. Meanwhile, did you have a favorite? Did you have a favorite look? Yes. Meanwhile, Claudia, my favorite look, was dressed to perform a sold-out set at like Madison Square Garden at Wembley Arena. Yes. More appropriately, yeah. yes. Uh, I have to say, I thought Molly's outfit was iconic. It de- it really did look like she. It was. It looked like you could pick her out of the crowd in the background scene of when they go to the club in Spice World. And um, their their friend, their Nicola. friend's water breaks. Nicola's water breaks. She was very dressed like that. It was like the leather jacket, the green tube top. Yeah, she's a model. Great. Don't forget it, Harry. <laughs> uh, yeah, she looked very iconic to me. Let's go back to the game here because they have a second round of voting out and... Molly chooses to end the game, Harry chooses to end the game, and Jazz chooses to banish again. And this is it. Like, Claudia tells them, you know there's only three of you left, so you can't vote anymore. Better make it a good one, Molly. Wink, wink. And here, again, is, like, where I feel like Jazz... Jazz did the best he possibly could because he is the only one to banish again. And he says... Uh, the only person he feels confident in is Molly. 
And he says, Andrew was going so hard for Harry, it's confusing. So, like, I feel like that's all Molly needed to hear. Also, how is Molly going to vote Jazz out when he chose to banish again? If Jazz was a traitor and she believes Harry's a faithful, why would a traitor choose to banish again? Yeah, that's something that everyone was kind of dragging her online for because that should have really tipped her off. And... I don't know. I think the reason why Molly was so emotional and overwhelmed in this vote is because I think in her body, she knew that Harry was lying, but her brain like hadn't caught up to the logic and everything. I think her body was sending her all the signals, but she just... It was like, it was like, right H, right H. Yeah. (laughs) It starts to draw a J. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like I I get that she's maybe not thinking clearly here because like I guess the other scenario that's possible is that she could be thinking, well, both Jazz and Harry are traitors and one of them's just trying to get the other out so they can take the whole pot and then like then either way I'm fucked because whatever. Yeah. And so like she'd rather who her do friend I think deserves Harry. it more. Yeah. yeah. But it's that's not tough. the vibe I got from the vote. I think I just want to say when Molly walked off that was so iconic when she that was she was cinema. like fuck and then she walked away from the table and did a final look back at Harry yeah. and went fuck it was so I don't even amazing. know I don't even know if like that's what they were told to do. I feel like Claudia no. would have liked to milk the moment a little bit more, like get the tears flowing. But it's like, yeah, the shot, everything was perfect of her like sinking into the darkness in the background, going, oh my fucking God, covering her mouth through like the flames, creating like a distortion in the air and then walking out. And then they have the shot of her like walking through the hallway, just like crying, being like, fuck, 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 fuck. It's just uh, I thought it was look. the best possible reaction in the worst possible scenario. I just will never get over the look over her shoulder when she was almost out the door and just fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and why was Harry lying to her right up until like the votes have been cast. You've won. She's like, we're good, right? And he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, he's probably not allowed. I'm sure they control that moment yeah, very I guess closely. So. But it's just like, it's just sad. It's sad. It's sad, but she didn't deserve to win clearly. Well, clearly. Over yeah. Harry. I, th- I do think Harry was the most strategic traitor that we've ever seen. And I don't think he was, you know, perfect. I think he made a lot of mistakes that the faithfuls overlooked. But I think he has to be the best of the best that we've had so far. Like, he won, yeah, like that's he a- won the game three <laughs> or four episodes ago. Yeah, I feel similarly about Sari, to be honest with you. Although her win is a little confusing because of the whole like Ari quit situation um, at the end, like where he withdraws himself um, from like, like he literally quit at the, at the round table fire. Um, And that was confusing a little bit. So it wasn't like as clean of a win, I think. Well, okay. Uh, I have to say, I, I did completely forget about the Traders US season one. when i said that but i don't know if i would change my answer yeah no i think that like sari sort of like set up the right way to play this game in terms of like like sari invented the sort of like murder to cause confusion like murder randomly to cause confusion um 
which is something that has been adopted by all traders. Um, but I think that Harry built on that in really unique ways, like the shield trick, for example. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do think like he certainly evolved the strategy of the traders. I think for the faithfuls, I wish that they had the theme of the season was not that the faithfuls were to ever took out traders. It was always traders taking out traders. And I think like that's something for future seasons that faithfuls need to pay more attention to. When a trader gets caught, you should consider that it was likely totally. another trader that took them out almost every time. 100%. 100%. Unless it's like, what, I think it was like New Zealand, uh, like episode two, one. I think episode one or two, they like got a trader out, but that's like... That's because it was a really shitty trader. But yeah, when we're dealing with like, we're in the game, somebody, somebody, because it used to be like, well, look at where the traders are voting. Like, oh, the, the other traders didn't vote this person out. It's like, no, the traders are always, uh, traders always going to be voting for a trader when they go home. Yeah. So. So let's look at that. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you have anything else to say, Elizabeth? Because this is just getting good. Not really. I had a great time. <laughs> you had a great time? Yes, I did see an article on the Daily Mail that said now that Claudia Winkleman is the most popular host in all of the UK that the BBC is worried that they're going to lose her to other <laughs> contracts. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Leave. I don't think Claudia would leave the traders. I think she feels like an affinity towards it. I think so too, but just saying... But money talks. I love... I did think it was funny like how much... Claudia had to be like seven thousand pounds, life changing amount of money. Ninety three thousand, ninety five thousand pounds, life changing amount of money. I'm like Claudia, you're making two point five million pounds probably per episode. <laughs> <laughs> she always be like, it's just like it's almost con. I mean, like I don't know how much she's, she's not making that much, but like you know, she's making bank from this show, and I just love, I find it like funny and a little condescending that she just be like ninety five thousand dollars, awful lot of money. Mm. I do kind of wish she was hosting, like, you know how RuPaul does all, does, like, UK, does Australia, does, like, all of these versions of Drag Race around the world. Yeah. I wish Claudia was also traveling around the world just doing Traders full-time. Oh, God. Tell or me if you, it. all the Traders had to come to her castle every season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, one day we're going to be up for, like, an international all-stars. Like, I think it's possible. Yeah, sir. It will be interesting when Traders does start to do All Stars because I was thinking about this. Like, how do you choose who the Traders are? I think it would have to be fully random, and everyone would have to know that it's fully random. Yeah, or or like once we get deep enough, Traders all Traders, where yeah. it's like everybody who has been a Trader, but and then we get to see like some of them repeat the role and some be faithfuls. Yes, but I still think you have to choose randomly because yes, you yes. can't be like Suri was the greatest of all time, like make her a traitor again. Like there's too much producer, yeah. like, you know, we need to roll a dice. Yeah. And maybe they should anyway. Oh, totally. Like that should be the we, Yeah. We shouldn't be having the producers choose the traders. I think it's unfair with that. We need to pick an emoji for this week. Our final week. What happened in this episode? Let's do a moon. Try to replicate the crescent moon. That's on the table of the, tr the round table at, uh, on, <laughs> on the traders. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> all right kevin thank you so much for taking this journey with me with the traders uk um i've had some mixed reviews 
Uh, what? <laughs> well, I got kind of a bad review uh, this week where somebody said, I understand why you've shortchanged the Traders UK, but that was a tough listen. <laughs> what do they mean? <laughs> I think that last episode where we combined two weeks, it was like, I, and like, it was a tough record too, I'll say, because it was just like, how do I remember six episodes of TV? That's actually, that's on me for having a terrible schedule. But like, I, look, we did it. We got it out. I actually felt like our last episode was like pretty good. Oh, really? I didn't re-listen to it because I just, I felt, I felt bad about it. Well, maybe we weren't like in detail going through every single moment, but I felt like <sighs> we got the job done. Kevin's in his reputation era. I shouldn't have told you that. I may have misunderstood the message too. Like I just read it quickly. Anyways, is this on the record or is this off the record? This is on the record. You're going to read a bad review on the record. Yeah. Wow. I transparency. Do Do you listen to this show? (laughs) It's my favorite thing to do is read bad reviews. Um, It wasn't a review. It was a message we got. It was a message we got, but the, the, the sentiment of it was like, we are loving the Traders UK. It's so iconic. I wish you could have devoted more time to it. Okay, so I appreciate that. Thank you for taking this journey with me. You know, if our card can't cover Australian Survivor one week, I will certainly be ringing you up. Well, okay? it might be a tough listen if you do that. Oh, I knew I shouldn't <laughs> have mentioned this to you. You're going to be reeling for days. <laughs> me on the Australian... Uh, uh, podcast reading the headlines from the Daily Sun Australia. <laughs> People are like, we actually didn't come here to to read the news. <laughs> please cut literally the last twenty minutes out of this podcast, please. I beg. Okay. okay, thank you so much, Kevin. You can find us on Instagram at Drop Your Buffs Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Drop Buffs Pod. And of course, if you did enjoy this and you want to leave us a nice review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. You can leave us a rating. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.